You are listening to the weekly Great Governance podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. The one question I always ask my colleagues, how did you manage to keep the corruption devil from the doors of the municipality? You see, as an auditor, I believe controls, controls, controls are important. So when we then review our control, we then have to say we need to be putting preventative controls, we need to be putting detective and controls in place. And when you then have that, because as a manager, you need to be able to say the controls that I have in place must be able to prevent corruption. If you've not been able to prevent corruption, you must then be able to detect it. But obviously, in process, it's not always possible to do that. But in the municipality, we have developed structures. We have developed structures such as the financial disciplinary board, which is a requirement in terms of the Financial Misconduct Act. That is something that we have developed as a municipality. And I think over the years, we have seen, let me say, non-compliance, because when we then say corruption, corruption would need to actually prove it. But we have seen non-compliance because non-compliance has got two aspects. It has negligence and it has intentions. So it's us trying to make sure that there is compliance at all the time so that we can then be able to avoid this corruption or perceived corruption in the municipal environment. And through the controls that have been put in place, through us conducting ourselves in an ethical manner and what is then most important that when people must also perceive to be ethical manner has assisted us at the most minimum level it cannot be able to impact the services given to the people at all you believe in lifelong learning i can hear the passion in your voice and the pride in the way you tackle your work how do you practice lifelong learning amongst your colleagues and your peers I think it is my belief that you can always learn something from everybody. It doesn't matter if they're less educated than you are, but there's always a solution that they have thought of that you have not thought of. And I always give myself that time to say, let me listen when my subordinates come to me with problems. I always say to them, I hear you have a problem, but what is your proposed solution for this problem? before I even want to then come in and say, these are my proposed solutions. That then allows them to think, and it also gives me an opportunity to learn from them and to also hear their views and the exposure that they have. And that's, that has allowed me to grow. And over and above, obviously, reading articles about local government, because there's quite a lot that has been published, but you sometimes miss what other authors have been saying with the environment that you've been exposed to. And that then allows me to continuously learn and also get an opportunity to continuously improve where I am. What do you think the confidence in local government is at an, is a, is at an all-time low? What must local government do to restore the confidence in communities, from communities and from the business sector in local government? You see, Doctor, I think there was 
when we have been trying to turn around the municipality, I think when I had joined local government, we used to talk about Batubili principles. And there was a time where we started talking about back to basics. We need to go back to basics of providing services. We need to go back to basics of saying to our people, you matter. Because how we are viewed as local government employees is that we are self-serving and we do not understand why we have been appointed to be there. So it's simple things like arriving to work early, doing the work that you are required to do, submitting your report. If there has been inquiry, ensuring that you follow up that inquiry until it has been resolved. So it is those basic things which we must get right as local government employees, which will then restore confidence in the people that are looking up to us to give them services. is when we have gone to the IDP process and the people have said they require one, two, three services, and we go back and we say, you had said, for instance, you want street lights in this 25-kilometer road. You were only able to do street lighting in a 10-kilometer road. In a raw municipality, you've only been able to do 20 high mass light of the 50 that you have asked you have not been able to do the 30. Why have we not been able to do it? What are we going to do to ensure that we deliver the 50 as requested? Is making our people know that they matter and we are aware of what they require from us and we are giving it that attention it requires. Mm. Final words. So what makes you, when you see you work class, what makes you go to work in the morning? What gets you going? I actually have a, I'm not going to say it's a quote, it's a verse in the Bible that says, serve men as if you are serving God. Work for men as if you are working for God. And it is what keeps me going to then say, even when I feel exhausted, even when I feel discouraged, I always say, if I was serving God, would I sleep? If the people that expected me to wake up and serve them, if that was God, would I sleep? Would I say I am sick if I'm not sick? I would not do that. So that is what would then push me out of bed and make sure that I wake up, bath, and go to work. I want to serve men as if I am serving God. What is next? Are you going to do the PhD? Are you going to go move to another municipality? What is next for Bonisiwe? I am going to register for my PhD. I think as a CFO, I've had the most hectic time of my life. I have not had time for myself. My family has also suffered from this position. So I am just thinking now that we are coming to a point where processes are starting to run by themselves, I would like to register for my PhD. I think it is also my aim to stay another last term in government. But obviously, I would not wish to serve my term until the last three months. I would wish to get something else, which will then mark my exit in the local government. But I still believe I still have a lot to offer to our people in the local sphere of government. And how long did it take you from, for the lack of a better word, dirty order to clean orders? How long was that? <laughs> the municipality has... Since inception 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. have never received an unqualified audit until the year 2021. So it was the first one since the inception of the municipality. But you can. But with putting you can... systems in place, I came in as a CFO for two years now, but I was there as a chief audit executive for eight years. So it was those systems that we had put in place. So it took us a good 10 years of watching the processes for us to be able to move to where we are. So any municipality listening who wants to turn it around must put aside about five to 10 years to get the culture right. Is that what you're saying? 
it can happen quicker. I think what makes it to happen quicker is having the willingness from the top. And I said when I started, when I was in a position of responsibility and accountability, it was then easy for us to implement these things. Mm. So when you have the desire, you can be able to achieve that in a, in a shorter period of three years. When collectively as top management is what you desire to achieve, it can happen quicker. Because in auditing, we know that the comparative year becomes the most critical one. If you're then able to get the comparative two, three years, then you can be able to clear your books. Obviously, there will be some issues which may require you to go further back, but it can be attained in a period of three years. And how do you keep your staff motivated? I mean, uh, you say the pressure's on you, I'm sure it's on the entire team. How do you keep them motivated? Because the system is only as good as the people managing them. You see, I've had to say to my team that you are doing a good job. But even when I'm not saying you are doing a good job, you must know that you're doing a good job. Mm. And I always say to them, I don't have a problem with people making mistakes because I know you are working. If you don't make a mistake, it means you're not working. You make a mistake in the process of working and you learn from your mistake and you do not repeat the mistake in the next cycle. But it is through that encouraging them where they feel, oh, I have made an error here. We need to pass it another one. Say, no, it's okay. You have made an error. You're able to pick up your own error and you're able to correct it. In the next cycle, you are not going to do the same error because you have learned from your error. But it's me saying to them, sometimes when it gets so hectic that I can't say to you, well, done you must be able to give yourself a pat at the back and say but this way you have done more because you know that you have given it your all hmm. thank you so much for your time Bonisiwe and I wish you success and in everything that you do and let's stay in touch thank you very much Doctor. I really appreciate this opportunity it means a lot to me thank you to the amazing and talented great governance team audio engineer Bandila Kosa the voice Mpumilali and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great, right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.